0: Trending News, right now.
1: Atla Mulefe joins us, our social commentator. How are you this morning, Atli?
0: I'm well, thanks, and how are you, Afanda?
1: I'm good. Thanks for uh, waking up five uh, minutes earlier for us.
0: <laughs> thanks no for problem, being ready. no
1: problem. Hashtag Gayton McKenzie who we start with today, the president of the Patriotic Alliance, who's saying that as part of his manifesto, one of the things he wants to tackle is to jail immigrants. Uh, wow, Okay
0: um i that's very strange because of two reasons also um uh in terms of the fact that like you are now it's someone who's trying to steer something that's very dangerous especially very dangerous yes because um you also know how in south africa like a lot of times people are very xenophobic and we've been rep- reprimanded for the longest time of that um carrying that particular sentiment because even if you do say that the government only has an obligation towards its own citizens, but we also need to understand that people don't just, like, migrate from their own country to another country for no particular reason whatsoever. There are people who do come to this country for um, better opportunities, for greener pastures, because they come from, like, war-torn countries or that um, the economic state of their country doesn't allow for them to stay there. So in instances where you're now starting that, especially as a small party, Mm. Then you're starting you're like initiating something that's very dangerous, and it's really not gonna end well.
1: It's so irresponsible and it's quite hateful uh, speech that he's made and I just don't think there's any place for comments like this, not in this democracy, not in any African country uh, and let alone putting it in a manifesto, an entire political manifesto. He, I mean, would be somebody who would understand the hardships of those who have come into the country seeking better life because himself is a a reformed bank robber. He's been down and out. He rose up the ranks of business and, and he built what he built but why would he now suddenly forget about what his own struggles have been and then just trample over other people for no reason? I think people do it
0: all the time. Um, it's also just like a, a just a lack of sensitivity because also as someone who has been um, in situations like that before and you are given a chance to still uh, be reformed and integrated into society, when it does happen to you, you tend to forget about all the times when you were not uh, maybe perhaps doing uh, you're not you're not doing good things for society but also most importantly even when you have been integrated and even now you're allowed to even have your own party after everything then you tend to forget that um, we it's very important for us to also just try and promote that unification and also just try to understand that um, giving a sense of security and extending a hand to someone else it's something that's very important
1: okay so the other thing they talk of is to uplift the poor they want to focus on empowerment policies what do you think of that uh, agenda
0: um, so I did see their manifesto as well they are more into emancipating um, people and making sure that it's a very a party that's centered around um, doing away with capitalism. That's what they said. Um, so I think even though you're saying that you are now trying to emancipate people, why should it only be limited to... Um, people of, like, maybe South African citizens, why should it only be limited to a specific group of people? Because I think that if your entire mandate is about emancipation, then even that emancipation should be extended to people who cannot get that sense of security in their own countries. So I do think that Mm. it's very important to understand how those statements themselves are very contradictory. Because the moment you're going to say that Um, we only have an application towards our own citizens and you're promoting sentiments that you you will do away with um, immigrants, then we also go back to your manifesto and say that, but you're saying that you're trying to emancipate people. Why are you creating that sort of limitation to that emancipation then?
1: They are described as well as an economically centrist party. What do you think this means to you? Because I'm a little confused in terms of saying economically centrist, but saying we oppose rampant capitalism. Uh, Capitalism and economics, uh, for me, don't necessarily go separate ways. You can't separate the two. Um, Especially if we're talking trying to get investors into the country.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that... um, you can at some point, just like separate the two because you can argue that you are for economic empowerment you're central in that economic empowerment of maybe people from minority groups, however, you don't like um what's this capitalism because you can also argue that it exploits a lot of people and that capitalism only benefits um, the people who own the means of production. So I do think that to to some extent you can separate the two. But it's just that on their case, it's a bit... Difficult then to distinguish because also even someone saying calling themselves an economic centrist party because also we need to understand that anything that's attached to it to the economy also has a lot of connotations around do you own the means of production because if you do own the means of production then it gives you access to the economy then it means that you are more um, centered around the economy. So it's also a bit difficult but I think you can definitely distinguish between the two.
1: All right well the i mean i do think it is uh, you know capitalism is an intrinsically deep construct that dates back many, many years in terms of our yeah. world, and yeah. I don't know what it would take to, to break it down, but maybe we can have a neo-capitalism kind of an, an approach. I don't know if we can completely do away with it, but I, I hear you now. I understand what they mean, because I was yeah. confused with the economically yeah. centrist. Okay, let's move on to that. Uh, yeah, uh, Talking about, oh, okay, so they did uh, win uh, El Dorado Park, taking over the DA there. What do you make of that?
0: Um, so, uh, with Patriotic Alliance is winning in Eldorado Park because um, that's also a thing of of showing that the small party is also growing, which when he holds such sentiments and especially looking at the fact that it's him who owns the party, to me, I get really scared. And not because i 'm not trying to give i, I don 't believe that other people can necessarily thrive in the political system, but because I think it's also very important to understand the founding principles of that party itself and to understand the kind of person and now because he's driving such sentiments and he's starting to win um specific regions then i get a, I get really worried about it I get really worried i 'm not going to lie. Mm.
1: Let's talk uh, a hashtag ANC now. Jesse Duarte briefing the media on outcomes of uh, the National Working Committee meeting was held uh, earlier. Um, and then the ANC National Working Committee throwing suspended Secretary General Ace Mahashule one more lifeline and they've decided to uh, not to seek his expulsion and instead engage with him.
0: Um, so I think um, I did see that. So I think the my main concern is just like how... Um, that Meta is being dealt on, it's being dealt with honestly, because I do think that um, even that sort of engagement, um, it's something that like has been happening before, I think, I think he was just given space, was given time for those things to happen. So even going back and trying to look at that expulsion, and now it's like you're also doubting yourself. And I, I honestly just, don't support that particular decision, um, but I do understand that maybe in that engagement they think that they can find some sort of recourse instead of immediately now um, just trying to opt for the other option. But I do still think that it's 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 just not effective and it's also just like not fair, um, especially for other people, especially in a democratic um, system like South Africa
1: yeah it's it's just a back and forth one and I was hoping by now it would have been resolved, but it doesn't look like it will be anytime soon and and the NEC saying or the National Working Committee rather the NWC saying that they can't be making a decision to expel him while the court paper the court process is underway. God, goodness knows when and how long that will take that process of the courts.
0: Um, they're stalling it because they also know that when it comes to that co- court proceedings, it's also just going to take a long time um, for them to even reach a decision and for that um, court case for, to even to happen to start with. So I think that it's a matter of even though you have um, justified uh, reasons and you have enough evidence to believe that someone hasn't did, done something, but you're always just trying to find ways to defend that particular person. So I think it's a conversation that we have every single day about the ruling party, that there isn't anything different or like, it's just a, continuous pattern that we're used to, that they're always going to try and defend one of their own, that they're always just trying to find reasons not to hold their people to account. So they never really set a precedent of trying to show that as a ruling party, um, they do believe in accountability and living up to the principles of a democratic system.
1: So the first thing, then, is those papers that Mahashule filed, which uh, the NWC is saying they're waiting on the process on, uh, basically on the ANC step-aside rule uh, that he's saying he wants to be unlawful. But he's also, Mahashule, asking for the letter of suspension that he served on our president, Ramaphosa, to be declared valid and effective. What are the chances of this, in your view?
0: Um, it's not going to happen because it's, it's just going to be a thing where you're only writing letters and wanting to suspend someone on the basis that you've also gotten um, your uh, you've gotten uh, suspended as well. So also just doing that, um, I think it wasn't like very strategic because um, you can't now, cannot now want to hold the president to account because they want you to account. So I also think that it's it's just something that's not going to happen.
1: What do you think about the ANC failing to meet the deadline then when they said they would oppose the court challenge uh, and then instead asked for an extension?
0: That extension is also just a way of, of just showing how um, all of the things that they are being accused of and how they are able to deal with very important issues. It's just something that they don't really take like seriously. Like It's a thing where um, even the the factions that exist within the party itself, they exist as a way, as a means to protect themselves from any um, anything. So even when they're asking for extension, it's not because they're trying maybe to find um, sufficient evidence. It's not because they're trying to make sure that they're able to build a concrete case against someone or to defend someone. But it's mainly because they know that they're trying to run away from that sort of accountability to the extent that now, even as members of the public, we get to a point where we even forget about those things. and when it gets to that point, then no one is held to account, and then prosecutions don't happen. And then that continuous cycle then starts again when someone knows that they can commit a crime, they can get suspended, or they can even stall the court case and nothing is going to happen about it. So it's just a continuous pattern or that's just going to happen from the ruling party.
1: Okay, let's move on. Third topic, hashtag Dudumieni, <clears throat> the former SAA chairperson who did not appear at the Zondo commission on Tuesday morning when she was expected to. Two hours they had to wait for her and she didn't show. Uh, Judge uh, Zondo now has ordered a criminal complaint to be laid against her. Uh, your thoughts, firstly, criminal charge versus criminal complaint. What are the major differences?
0: Um. So I think for, for Criminal charge is basically um, you are charged because you've uh, committed an offence. Maybe you've done something that is against um, the law. And then a criminal uh, complaint, it's just maybe someone complaining that you didn't do or you didn't fulfill your obligations or you didn't come as you were told that you needed to be there at at that particular place. But I think more than anything, it's also just a matter of understanding how people are always trying to run away from accountability and the fact that we aren't necessarily doing anything about it as a country or there isn't a system in place that is able to effectively ensure that Those people are able to be held to account for the things that they've done. Because it says two things about you when you are called to speak at the Zondo Commission and you don't necessarily want to be there. You don't want to stand there and speak and say your piece. It means that you, um, people can, we can easily say that you are very much, um, uh, you have committed those crimes. So you are guilty of those crimes, and that's why you don't want to stand. But also, too, it's a thing where now I'm I'm also starting to feel like maybe her life is in danger. Maybe being there and speaking, um, someone has they've said to her that. Something bad is going to happen to her or something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't really know about it because now we're coming from a position of saying that we're thinking that she just doesn't want to care. But I think looking at the different um, different angles as to which some, why someone wouldn't want to come, I think that there is definitely a reason behind it. But it still doesn't mean that we should take away from accountability and hold not hold her to account for those things.
1: Well, her lawyer Mutelezi argued that it's because of a breakdown in communication that Mm -hmm. she didn't show because she's been changing legal teams and then there was an email maybe that wasn't read. Do you think
0: this defies logic or does it make sense to you? No, it it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, It literally, it really does sound like when Jacob Zuma is also doing the run around and just trying to justify things that are not even there. So hence I'm saying that, it it really doesn't make sense for someone not to come because there's breakdown in communication. That's not true. I mean, um, this is something that's very big and very important um, for the country. So there's absolutely no way that you would say that you didn't receive the email. Because if it's not the email, then I'm sure you did receive a phone call or someone came to your house to tell you that you're supposed to show to show up at the Zondo Commission. So I definitely do think that even if cha- you, you have changed legal teams or that sort of administration, I think that's a very um, lame excuse to make, um, especially when it comes to like the having to stand in for the inquiry.
1: And this is the second time that Zondo has threatened uh, criminal yes. action against Miani. Um, Previously, he called for a police investigation into her after she revealed the identity of a commission witness who was granted anonymity for his own safety. So do you think she
0: respects this
1: commission at all?
0: uh, Um, She doesn't. She just takes it as a joke. It's almost similar to everyone who also even um, did um, stand for the inquiry and answer to everything. I just really think that we need to find a way to make sure that the inquiry is something that's very significant. Because for as long as people know that they're just going to speak there and nothing much is going to be done about it like in terms of accountability because also this commission has been taking so long. So I do feel like um, she doesn't take it seriously. She really doesn't care about it and also now you're paying people just a huge sum of money um, as your lawyers just to defend something that, that doesn't even hold water. For you to simply say that there's breakdown in communication or you didn't receive the email. I think that for you to even go to the extent or the willingness to, the, to to even pay people a huge sum of money just so you don't show up at the commission really just shows how um, little or zero concern that you have for that particular inquiry.
1: Okay, please stay with us, Atlekhang. We need to discuss one more topic because uh, we need to take a short break. It's 10 minutes past four. This is Sound Away. Good morning.
0: Trending news right now.
1: 12 minutes past four, we just wrap up now our trending topics looking at social media in the last 24 hours with Atlehang Mulefe, social commentator. So, hashtag celebrity boxing. Uh, that's the final topic, actually, that we're speaking about. Prince KB versus Kaspar Novest in a charity boxing match. So Kaspar says, you know, in the U.S., guys, people, celebrities box and they make so much money and it, 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 it draws so much traction to the sports as well. Why don't we do that in South Africa? And then he poses the question to the Tweeps on uh, who uh, they think he should take on in terms of the boxing, uh, the boxing ring. And then Prince KB's uh, name comes up.
0: Um, So I do think that um, uh, when he mentions that they do it in the um, States and they're able to get enough money for charity, um, then we we have to do it.